Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Two three oh four. 
That's 929-477-2304. And those of you who are out on Facebook Live, um, you can you can post your testimony or post something about the Lord right on the screen and share it with everybody else. But but if you really want to, even if you're on Facebook Live, I'm going to encourage you to, to speak up for God tonight by calling in on that Blog Talk radio line. And again, the number is 929-477-2304. And before we go any further, we're going to stop and have a word of prayer. Now, what I want to do in prayer tonight is not only pray for us as we listen, but we've got some people out on the mission field. Um, got a friend from high school, uh, Sheila Kitchen Ruffin, who is over in Romania. And she and a group of missionaries are over there spreading the word and the love of God throughout Romania. Got another group uh, from Broadview Baptist who are out. And boy, for some strange reason, I want to say they're in New York. As a matter of fact, they are in New York, and they are ministering to a Muslim community up there, uh, trying to win uh, Muslims over to the Lord and try, but really, um, just really showing the love of God to that community. You see, you don't win p- people by doctrinal debates. The way to really win a soul for Christ is to show them Christ, to show them God and His love, and and the fact that you know you're not. You're not saying about talking about you know their religion is wrong or anything like that. No, what you want to show them is how the love of God and what God has done in your life and what God is doing in their lives even now. You want to form relationships with them, and so they're up in New York uh, taking on that tremendous, tremendous task, uh, and then. There are, are missionaries throughout the world that we don't know anything about. We want to pray for them tonight. And then the final thing that I want to share with the family of God is I just learned that um, uh, Sister Jenkins, uh, who used to be, and I'm trying to remember Sister Jenkins' first name, and I just don't remember it right off the top of my head. But anyway, Sister Jenkins was the musician for the children at Broadview Missionary Baptist Church for numbers of years. Her and her husband served diligently. And I just learned prior to coming on the air that Sister Jenkins has been called home to be with the Lord. And we rejoice that she's been called to go home, but we are saddened that she's no longer with us And so what we are going to do is we're going to pray. We're going to praise God, first of all, for her life and her her life of service. And then we want to pray for the family of uh, the the Jenkins family, uh, because I know she had two little kids, and they're not little anymore. They're they're adults. But her husband and her two children who who served with her uh, are probably grieving now at their loss and her gain. But we want to lift them up in prayer tonight. And then we want to lift up the sick and the shut-in and those who are in need all over the the land. Uh, Also, I want to remind you that if you have a prayer request, that you can inbox me or 
put a, basically inbox me. I prefer that you inbox me your prayer request uh, so we can be in prayer for you. I know one other one just popped up in my mind, Dwayne Patrick, his family, uh, just lost a loved one also. So let's let's keep all of those folks lifted up in prayer and lift up our missionaries who are still out on the battlefield for God. Amen? So let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. And we come tonight, God, to say thank you. We come tonight to praise you. We come tonight to lift up your holy name. For you are wonderful. You are glorious. You are our God. Thank you. You give us your spirit to empower us and to lead us. You give us your word. You give us your presence. That's how we thank you. God, even in the midst of battle, even in the midst of, of being attacked, even in the midst of, of, of being oppressed, we praise you because you are our deliverer. You go before us. You clear the way. You enable us to gain victory. And so we thank you. Father, you don't deposit us in far off places and, and forget about us, but you are an ever present help, and we thank you. Tonight, God, we lift up Sheila and the, the group that's over in Romania. Father, we don't understand or know anything about that country or that culture but we do know that they, that you have much people there and that you sent them to minister to your people. We thank you, O oh God, that you've equipped them. We thank you, O oh God, that you've endowed them and empowered them with the Holy Spirit. Now, O oh God, we pray that you would do signs and wonders, that you would cause the hearts of the people to turn toward you in Romania. Then, Father, we look at the group uh, with that Inez Parker and the rest of them have gone to, to, to New York to, to minister to the Muslim community. Our prayer, O oh God, is that you have prepared the ground, that the seeds have been dropped in their heart, that even now seeds are being dropped in their heart, and that you are giving the increase as they come to know you as the true and living God. Oh, Father, we're not interested in a in a war of words with people, but instead we're interested that the truth be known, that there is but one God and you are God all by yourself. So we pray for them. Then we pray for the Jenkins family, oh God. God, we thank you for Sister Jenkins, Sister Shirley Jenkins. We thank you, oh God, that that for the many times that she she gave of her time and her talent and her treasure to be with the young people, to teach them, to get them started in you through her musical abilities. We thank you, O oh God, for her faithfulness. We thank you for her family who, who lent her to us and our children on so many of those days. Now, Father, for her husband and for her children, we would pray that you would comfort them in their time of bereavement, that you would wipe away the tears, that you would 
O God, would bring joy in the midst of their sorrows. God, how we thank you. Then we pray for the Patrick family, O Father, and the loss of yet another person in their family. We pray that you would bring comfort unto them. And then, Father, we pray for people throughout the land. Our prayers for the sick and the shut-in, for the elderly, O God, who who are sometimes forgotten and neglected, for the young people, O God, who are misunderstood, and, and Father, us who are in our middle ages who are so busy trying to be that we forget that we have a responsibility to help this next generation come along. Oh, God, how we praise you, how we bless you for pastors and leaders throughout the land. We bless you for everyone who's out there trying to, to teach and preach your word, everyone who's out there trying to live and show forth the love of God. We thank you for them now. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those of you who are out there who, who, um, who have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want to say to you tonight that your sins are forgiven and that the only thing that separates you from God right now is your ability to reach out and take what God has given you. And what has God given you? God has given you the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. And he says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you can be saved. For the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever believes in him, whosoever believes in the Son. And so to receive the gift of God, uh, all you have to do is believe in the Son. Confess it with your mouth, your belief, and say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then ask him to be your Savior, and I ask him to be my Savior. And repent, which simply means turn from the way that you were going toward God and depend on God, and repent of your sins. Say. And if you do that, if you just pray that simple prayer, I believe, God, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I ask him to be my Savior. I repent of my sins. Here I am, God. If you did that, then you're saved. If you confessed it with your mouth and believed it in your heart, you are saved. So what do you do next? Simple. Find yourself a Christian, another Christian, a, a church, a pastor, somebody who you know that is saved, that's connected to God, and you just tell them straight up, hey, look, I, I just got saved. I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I prayed, and I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Now, what do I do next? Because now what we're concerned with is how do you continue to walk with God? How do you continue to grow in God? Because right now you're just a baby and you need some help. And I guarantee you, that the person that God sends you to is already prepared for you, and they'll help you in your walk with Christ. God didn't birth you to just leave you out in the field and grow up wild. No, he's got somebody prepared to walk with you. So go find them. And let me say this. Let me be the first to say this to you. Welcome to the family of God.
got new brothers and sisters. Amen. Okay, but that's it. Let's jump in. And what we want to do is we want to go back to where we were last week. Last week we started in on this, and when we started in, uh, hey, Mita, how you doing? When we started in on this, we um, we only got a little ways through it, and I wanted to go back because this is important. Um, tonight, um, if you, uh, I want us to make sure that we take advantage of our own personal testimonies because that's the, the, the topic tonight is I got a testimony. And so you can call me on 929-477-2304, 929-477-2304. And tonight what I want to hear about is your testimony because throughout the night as we go through this, this this passage tonight, what you're going to hear is David's testimony concerning his relationship with God. Amen? So um, we're, we're wrapping it up. You know, last week we talked about the final wars with the Philistines and the week before that, you know, David had some debts to pay. Uh, for, the, for Israel, we talked about the Gibeonites and and how um, how the things that 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 Saul had done to the Gibeonites and left an unpaid bill, and David had to go back there and pay that bill. Otherwise, God there was a curse on that land, and the land wouldn't wouldn't yield any food. So we've talked about all that. These are these are David's uh, final. We're getting to his finals now, and. Just just a wee bit of background that might bother some people because it's okay, get to the meat, get to the meat. Um, we talked about the fact that uh, that this is not chronolo- in, in chronological order. And then we further talked about uh, on the fact that this is actually Psalms 18. Now, what we, kn- what we don't know, what we don't know is when this was penned. Uh, was it? And we think we we think that it was penned somewhere toward the end of David's life, because it talks about the fact that this is this is um, the song that he sang after God had given him relief from all his enemies, and we're talking about not just the external enemies, but also the enemies that were within the kingdom. Amen. So with that said, let's go in and let's begin to read at um, 2 Samuel 20, chapter 22, verse 1. It says, David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, wait a minute. Can you imagine what that was like? When David looked out and saw that all of the folk that he had been fighting, all of the people that had been against him, now you got to really, you got to really think, think for a second about this. Think for a second about this. Remember, David has been the underdog basically from birth. Now you might go back and you might look at okay, so he was he was doing good until he came up with got with Saul and Saul started chasing him. Uh uh-uh, uh, from birth. Remember before 
David was anointed to be king by Samuel. Remember the position that he was in? That his family had a party and didn't even invite him. As a matter of fact, they weren't thinking about him. He was just that boy with them sheep. Get away from here, boy. He was not highly esteemed in his own family. As a matter of fact, they went through the whole family looking for the anointed one, and nobody ever thought about David. And all of a sudden, uh, Samuel has to ask Jesse, Jesse, is this all your son? He said, no, I got to run out there. But, you know, he out there with the sheep. And to get invited to the party, he had to get an invitation from the prophet. Now, I know that, that, that many of you sit well in your families and all that kind of stuff, but can you imagine that from birth, then nobody won't be bothered that boy? And then see how his brothers treated him? What did they call him? He said, you just, you just around here making trouble when he, when he comes to, the, to, to the, uh, uh, the battle with Goliath. You just around here trying to see the action. You ain't here for no good. You don't mean no good. We know you. Even though he's the anointed of God, David has never received great treatment. Once he gets with Saul, what happens in his life? He is chased from, even though he's doing great things, even though he has the anointing of God on his life, even though he is designated to be the king, he fle he's fleeing in the desert around mountains, living in caves. He's not, there's nothing, there is nothing good that's coming to David, even though everything good is coming from David. And then on top of all that, the internal fighting, there's the external fighting that, that, that he does with the Philistines, with the Moabites, with everybody that comes against God. David is living a life of a savage, basically. He got Daniel Boone and David Crockett beat all over the place. He's never in the finest clothes or anything like that. No, no, no. And so finally... All this fighting is over. David looks around and he sees what God has done, how God has brought him through. Now stop for a minute. Stop for a minute because we, 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 we might wind up shouting tonight. What's your testimony? What's your testimony? When you look back as to where you have been, and where you are now, even if you still fighting the enemy, even if the enemy still it seems like he's got a got a, a better grip on you than you got on him, what is your testimony concerning God? Has he ever left you? Has he ever forsaken you? Has he ever just let you smooth down? Here's what David says. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent men you save me. 
David begins his song by simply saying, God is. God is. Question to you, what is God to you? When you when you look right now and and you and and you and you see where you are, how would you finish the sentence? God is. I would, you know, if I if I got to answer the question, now you you call me tonight and tell me what what you got to say. Nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. But I would look at my life and say, God is my sustainer. God is my keeper. God is my provider. God is my protector. God is my ever-present help in time of trouble. Somebody says that God is my peace. Somebody else will call him a comforter tonight. But I have to say God is everything to me. God is everything. What is God to you? What is God to you? David says he's a rock. Now, now when you look at a rock, you're looking at something that's steady, that's stable. That's the first thing you think about. But when you're in a desert place, a rock will give you shade from the sun. A rock will give you protection from the enemy. He further goes on, he says, he's my fortress. And when you think about a fortress, again, you think about some place where you can go and be protected. Can you say amen to that? God, 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 look, God is my protector. Then he comes in and he says, he says, he is my rock in whom I take refuge. See, I go hide inside of him. I can go and the enemy can come, but he can't find me there. Then he says, he's my shield. He is the, that which takes the blows from the arrows, from the fiery darts, from the things that the enemy tries to attack me with. It's God, not me, who is taking that blow. He's a shield. He's provided for me. And then he says, he's my stronghold and my refuge and my savior from violent men. He says, from violent men, you save me. God is a God who jump in. You see, sometimes when you're in a fight, and I, I've, I've used this before, but I use it again. Sometimes when you're in a fight with an enemy, and, and we know how this works on the street. You know, you're fighting somebody, and you might be getting them or you might be having a tough time, and then all of a sudden you notice that the blows ain't coming as ferocious and fierce anymore, and you notice that there's somebody beside you and somebody putting some licks on, on the person that you're fighting, and you, they're getting hit and they're bagging up, and they're not bagging up because of you. They're bagging up because of somebody who has jumped in. Well, David understands that God has interceded for him with his enemies, and he has jumped into the fight, and he's been the one that allowed him to get the victory. God is. Think about for a few minutes what God is to you right now. But then he goes on, and in verse 4, verses, uh, excuse me, verses 5 through 7, he says something else. He says, God is a God who can hear. Look, he says, I call to the Lord 
who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. Listen to this. He says, the waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. You see, he, he says that God, the way we say it right now, God is a prayer-hearing God. Sometimes we, 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 we can think about, we're praying to God and we're wondering, God, do you hear me? But David recounts, David recounts at this phase of his life, you know, I done prayed and God heard my prayer. And I wonder how many of us realize and recognize that God has heard our prayers. I wonder if you look back in your life and you think about the prayers that you prayed. I wonder if you even acknowledge the answers. That no matter what the odds were, no matter who was coming up against you. Look at what he says here. Go back to he says, the waves of death were swirling around me. He said, death was there. Destruction was about to overwhelm me. Meaning, they were about to put a lick on me that I couldn't take. The cords of the grave coiled around me. I was dead gone near dead. I had one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel, and it was a cool breeze blowing, trying to knock me into the grave. He says, but the snares of death, death was, look, on the, on the surface, the wind was trying to blow me in the grave, and beneath, something was trying to pull me down into the grave. I was dead. But then I called on the Lord. What's your testimony? There's a whole lot of folks that have faced illness that was calling them to the grave. There's a whole lot of people that have been in destructive situations where you were in something that you couldn't get yourself out of. And all you said, you didn't, you didn't pray this, this long, fancy prayer. You just said, oh, God, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. And you know that it was nobody but God that walked you out of that situation. That doctor said that you had something that couldn't be cured. That person had you in a stranglehold and you couldn't get loose. The, the society had put you in a position that you couldn't get out of. But you called on the name of the Lord. Oh, glory to his name. Look, let me tell you about my testimony. I can just give you a piece of it. I could just tell you one time. Well, I was walking my fool self around here dead. For all intents and purposes, any second, I was supposed to drop dead, period, gone. There was a 99.9% .9 occlusion in an artery. And I'm walking around here complaining because I can't get the grass cut fast enough. But God knows how to deal even with his knucklehead children 
who ain't listening to nobody, who knows everything, who's standing on the precipice of death, and he sent a guy and he said, man, you better go get that looked at. Get what looked at? I'm just fat. I'm just slow. I'm, it's hot out here. I'll get this grass cut. No. And then wound up going to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, no, oh, no, mm-mm. You don't need you, you 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 don't need to go take no stress test. We need to go deal with this now. And God, you see, without me even praying, God intervened on my behalf. That's why I'm sitting up here now. That's that's just that's just a teeny bit of my testimony. But what's your testimony? Has he taken you through danger seen and unseen? Has he brought you out of a, of a place that, that you couldn't get out of? Has, you, has he brought you out of a relationship that was deadly to you? Oh, he says that God hears my prayers. Look, keep going, keep going, because I preach this better than a teacher. He says, I, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at seven. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. Wait a minute. The Lord just told me to say, to, 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 uh, he said, you know what? There are some people in some situations right now. He said, he said, I dare you. I dare you to cry out to the Lord right now. I dare you to cry out to the Lord right now in your distress. I dare you to trust God. I dare you to say, Lord, I'm in this and I can't get out of it. I dare you to say, Lord, I need you and I need you right now. See, if you don't have a testimony, you're about to get one. You call on him now. Call on him now. Call on him now. I dare you to call on him now. I can put him out there like that. You know why? Because he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Hallelujah. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. But that's what the Lord is saying. Cry to him right now. I dare you to cry to him right now. You belong to him. And he's been waiting for you to stop messing around trying to fix this thing for yourself and turn it over to him. He's been basically saying, I just been, I've been waiting on you. Now, I've been ready to I've been ready to stand strong in your behalf. I've been ready to jump in, but you don't believe I will jump in. I dare you to tell the Lord, jump on in. Come on, get this. <laughs> Yeah, it says, verse 7, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Now, look, not only is he a God who hears, but this next section says he's a God who responds to our cry. He's a God who who responds to our cry. If you got a testimony tonight, uh, um, 929-477-2304, 929-477-2304, he is a God who responds. You see, he just don't see us in a pickle. He just don't see us in a jam and say, mm, oh, she in a mess right now. He got a mess on his hand. Let me tell you what he says, what, he, what David says. He says, I called out to my God. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of heaven shook. They trembled because he was angry. See, when you mess with a child of God, when you mess with somebody that belongs to God, it'll upset him. 
God does get upset about his people. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows, and it scattered the enemy. Bolts of lightning and routed them. The valley of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. God responded with his presence. God let everybody and everything know, moving through nature, that's my child. God is jealous over his creation. God cares so much about you that he sent his son to demonstrate redemption, to demonstrate his power. When Jesus walks on the waves, he's showing the people, I have power over nations. When Jesus rebukes a demon and heals the women and men from demonic possession, he says, I got power over the devil. When he heals them from their various illnesses, he says, I have power over your bodies. I am the creator. And Jesus steps on the scene. And when Jesus steps into our life, Jesus has more than one the purpose of saving us. His purpose is to give us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He wants to save us. And the way he saves us is he came, the Bible says, to destroy the works of the devil. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. And those things that have been oppressing you, those things that have depressed you, those things that have held you back and chained you down, Jesus had destroyed those things. And he says, behold, I give you power over all the power over the enemy, over, his ser over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Jesus not only destroys them, but he gives us the power. Oh, glory. He showed up. He's come to see about us. He wasn't satisfied with us being in bondage. He was not satisfied with us being enslaved. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He came to set us free from the power of sin. He came to set us free from the power that death seems to have over us or seem to have over us. See, because a Christian ain't got to be scared of dying. Mm -mm. All that is is the interest to eternal life. Baby, I'm going to walk past you and stick my tongue out at your death because I know death has no power over me. Death can't hold me. Couldn't hold my Savior, and it sure can't hold me. Let me keep going. Ooh, I'm getting, I'm going, what's your testimony? Did God come see about you? I know he came to see about me, and he comes to see about me every day. Verse 17, if you're looking at a heading, because he's the God that delivers. 
I got a little ahead of myself. It says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. Let me stop right there. Where did the Lord come get you from? We used to talk about, back in the old days, boy, God rescued a lot of folk off of bar stools. God rescued a lot of folks out of bad relationships. God rescued a lot of folks from bad habits, and God is still going into those same places. He's not only going in bars, but he'll go in a crack house. He's not only going uh, down uh, uh, into, the, into the hospitals, but he's going down to the office buildings in downtown Chicago. Not only is he going to office buildings in downtown Chicago, but God will walk up in the White House and yank a knot on that president and make him act like he got some sense. And in the meantime, in between time, reveal himself to all of those people that are up in there that are being enslaved and that are, being, and that are bound. God will free every last one of them. God will take it, as they say, God will take a crooked stick and, and strike a straight line with it every time. He'll take that twisted tongue, that lying tongue that's trying to take folk health care and, and talking against transgender people and talking against the poor and trying to take medical med Medicaid and, and away, from, away from all of these people that need it and health care from all of these people that need it and sneaking around and messing with people that have come to this country looking for, 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 for freedom and, 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 and for peace. He, God will take and he will deal with them folk that are fighting against his love and his freedom, and he'll, not only will he straighten them out, but he'll save them too. And he'll go into those dark places and he'll get them out. And if you but call on him, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you're doing right now. I dare you to call on God. Because he'll reach down and he'll scoop you up out of the muck and the mire. He reached down from on high and he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. Don't you dare give up. Call God. Don't you dare think that, that, that whatever the enemy that's attacking you is, that whoever he is or whatever it is is too strong for God. He might be too strong for you, but he ain't never too strong for God. They confronted me. I'm at verse 19. In the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. Ooh. The Lord was my backup. The Lord was my, was with me. Yes, he was. He says, the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Did you know that you are the apple of God's eye? Did you know that that's who you are? You might be thinking, well, I've not done anything special for God. And, and, and you might be thinking, well, uh, I'm nobody special. And not only that, but I've never done anything good. I came to tell you that you steal. You steal God's delight. God made you just like you are, 
has allowed you to go through what you've gone through, knows the place that you are right now, knows what you're thinking right now, and he's saying to you right now, ooh, look, that's my baby. I love him. I love her. Why is he saying that? Because he does. Greater love hath no man than to give his life. God gave his life for you. That's how much he loved you. So to say that he delights in you is not an exaggeration. As a matter of fact, it does not magnify his love enough for you. <laughs> you didn't know you felt like that about it, did you? He brought me out. Look, God is a deliverer, and he delivers. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not done evil by turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. Now remember, this is David writing. Which one of those statements is true? None of them. If you look at them on the surface, because remember, has David walked and always walked in righteousness, in cleanness, in cleanness, in cleanliness of hands? No. David had sinned before God, but what he is writing here is he's writing of the forgiveness that he receives from God. That's one aspect that we have to look at because when David repent, when David repented. God forgave him for his sins. The word says, your sins have been atoned for. And when God forgives you, God forgets about it. How do we say it? He cast it in the sea of forgetfulness and placed a sign on the sea that says, no fishing. You ain't got to bring that up no more. We've dealt with that. David's sins were dealt with. And for the Christian, for the Christian, when you receive the forgiveness of God, your sins are washed away. You're, you, you, are not, you, are, you aren't declared not guilty. You're declared pardoned because we are guilty. But God pardons us because he's paid for the sin. And so I ain't need to bring that up no more. Here, let me, let, me, let me help you with it. Let's say you had a... Um, Let's say you bought a car. Let's say you bought a car. And then buying the car, you had to make payments on it. And let's say you got just a five-year note, 60 payments. When you make all 60 of them payments, that, that bill is paid. You don't owe them no more. They can't come back to you and say, um, Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, you owe us some money. And uh, uh, you got to pay some more for that car. You can look at them and tell them, no, 
This is paid in full. Get away from here. Don't call me no more. And if you do, I'm calling the popo for you. Well, that's the same thing that God, when God forgives, when Jesus died for your sins, they are paid for, and the devil can't come knocking at your door demanding more out of you. He got, he's got no business trying to make you feel guilty. So if you're feeling guilty, you're feeling guilty for nothing. Your sins are paid for. And you become the very righteousness of God because God gives you his righteousness. And so that's what, that's what David is walking on right here. He's walking on the forgiveness that God has, has given him. But he says something in here that I, need to, that I need to say. He says, all his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. What he's talking about there is what we talked about. As the king, he had to understand and know the word of God. And so he kept, and he was supposed to write this scroll out with the law of God on him, and he was supposed to keep that in front of him at all times. That's what he's referring to there. Now, knowing that you are the righteousness of God, knowing that God has delivered you, knowing that 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 that. He has not only delivered you and took you out of that miry clay, but has made you into his righteousness. What's your testimony? You see, I could t my testimony is simple. Uh, by the way, 929-477-2304, 929-477-2304. All that I am is what God made me to be. What I used to be. I'm no longer. Now, every now and then, that old man might try to manifest, but God reminds you, I ain't make you for that. Mm -mm. No, that's not my spirit at all. When you get ready to do, when I'm getting ready to do something, I know I don't have any business doing, or I'm getting ready to do something and forget I ain't got no business doing it, or I'm getting ready to do something and don't know I got no business doing it. Because I fall in all three categories. The Holy Spirit reminds me, uh-uh, that ain't none of me. That's not me at all. Mm-mm, yeah. The old Winfred would, would do thus and so, and I ain't going to tell you what I do. But not this new one. Mm-mm, not this, not this new field of the Holy Spirit. This new one knows how to act and be what God has called him to be. Hmm. Let me keep going. The Lord has rewarded me according to my right righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Now look, the next one is my God rewards. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. Has God been faithful to you? As he revealed his faithfulness to you. Because even if you are faithless, he is faithful because he will not deny himself. He's not going to come out of character because you are not walking in faith. He's always going to be faithful. But he will show his faithfulness. He will reveal his faithfulness to the faithful. That's what this is saying right here. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, 
you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. You see, what, what David is saying here is he's saying that, first of all, you reveal yourself to me. And not only do you reveal yourself to me, but because you are in me, I can do great exploits. Verse 31, God gives us victory. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hand for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory. You stoop down to make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. What we're talking about is the supernatural power that God gives us to do great things. When God reveals himself to us, then he empowers us. He gives us the Holy Spirit to do that which we can't do, but he does through us. That's David's testimony. David is basically saying, I didn't kill Goliath. That was God. That was God that, that, that did, that, that kept Saul from catching me. That was God who went before me and killed all of the, um, the Midianites and the Amorites and all of those people that came against me and all of those spirits that came against me, every spirit, every trick of the devil, God gives you supernatural power to overcome, overwhelm, defeat, and make them flee. That's David's testimony. What's yours? Sometimes we forget we feel with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we forget that the Holy Ghost lives within us. Sometimes we forget the power that we have. Sometimes it's, it's like we're standing in front of a restaurant hungry with a pocket full of money. When all we have to do is reach inside of that pocketbook and tell that man, give me a hamburger, and pay him. We've got the power to overcome. Ooh, I ran out of time, and I'm look. Let me hurry up, because I don't want. I, I, I got to get the enemy thirty-eight. Look, God gives us the power to defeat the enemy. Look, verse thirty-eight. I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely, and they could not rise. Don't that sound like victory? 
they fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. Look at him talking about, I didn't do this. This is what you did, God. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. You whooped them, God. You made my enemies turn their back and fly. You chased them off, God, and I destroyed, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them to the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounced and trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of my people, not just my enemies, but the folk in my house. He's talking about Absalom. He's talking about the things that Joab did. He's talking about all of the battles, the internal battles that we have in the kingdom. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People that I did not know are subject to me, and foreigners come cringing to me. As soon as they hear me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. Now watch him get you. He says, look, God, you did all of that just for me. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, the rock of my Savior. He is the God who avenges me who puts the nation under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From violent men you rescued me. Therefore I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed. He delights in us. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed. You have the favor of God on your life. You, the anointed of God. You are the delight of God. You who cry out to God, who depend on God, he won't let you down. And because we know he won't let you down, we can sing his praises along with David. What's your testimony? Many of our testimonies are incomplete right now because some have just started to go through. Some have been going through for a long time, and you know about God's faithfulness. You know about God's kindness. You know about God's deliverance. You know that you can that he's a prayer-hearing, prayer-answering God. You need to bless God with that testimony. You need to bless others with your testimony. You need to encourage others with your testimony. You need to be praising God as David praised God after he looked back and saw all that God had brought him through. It made him write this song. It was in its overwhelming when we think about what God does. Let's finish off in prayer tonight. Father, we thank you and we praise you. You have been so good to us. Through dangers seen and unseen, through dark days and, and troubled nights, when death came knocking at us, when we thought that we wasn't going to make it, when we were traveling down the road and cars were going in ditches, you saved us, God. You not only saved us physically, 
you not only save us from physical hurt, harm, and danger, but you saved us from the pit of hell. You snatched us out of the clutches of Satan. You claim us as your own. You delivered us from our own devices. And we bless you and we praise you today, God, because it was nobody but you. God, it was nobody but you who saw that the devil meant destruction for us. But you came along and and scooped us up and gave us good. And so we praise you, O God. God, when, when the enemy plotted against us to defeat us and destroy us and to frustrate us, God, when we called on you, you answered our cry. And you came and you saw about us. And so we give you praise, O God. We bless you for the activity of our limbs. We bless you, O God, that you didn't allow us to destroy ourselves. We bless you, O God, that you love us so much that you take care of us. We thank you and we praise you. God, our dependence is on you because it's you and you alone. And there is none like you, God. There is none with strength. There is none with power. There is none who who cares about us like you do. And God, we just, our prayer tonight is that we can serve you and that we can love you in some kind of way because we know we can't do it as good as you. But we know, God, that we owe our all to you. And so we bow before you tonight with a simple word of thanks and praise to you. Oh, how we bless you. Now, God, let us be salt and light in this land. Let us go tell somebody about all that you've done for us. Let our lives be living epistles before the world that they can see your love and your power. Oh, Father, forgive us when we fail you and give us yet another chance to walk up right before you to be pleasing in your sight, and to be instruments of your love and your grace toward all mankind. We thank you tonight for this lesson. We thank you tonight for the life of David. We thank you for for sending your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, that's all for tonight, and we pray that you have had a wonderful night, that this has been a life of praise that you praise God, and that you look back over your life. And as you look back and you see the things that God has brought you through, that when you see the things that God has brought you through, just whisper up a thank you prayer. Just whisper up a hallelujah. Just Just whisper to him, Lord, I love you. Lord, I Lord, I magnify your name because you are good and your mercy endures forever. And on that note, we're going to call it it a night. We bless you for being with us tonight. We ask that you would continue to keep us lifted up in prayer as we continue to try to learn how to serve the Lord and serve his people. Love you. Have a wonderful evening. See you next week with the word on Wednesday. Bless you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.